With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. There's a famous model called Candice Svenepoel. I find her address and I prepare a package to her. I think one month later, I saw a post on the social media. They are in a yacht in Miami. It's so far, but I understand from the color. I can see my cap. But it's not enough for me. I think that I need a clear photo with my cap. One guy, he said me that he is a close friend of her and also her personal photographer. I told him that, bro, is it possible to send me a personal photo? He sent me that photo. He said me that, please don't share anywhere. I'm only sending you this photo. Bro, please don't share anywhere. I shared. And after one day, I got a message from him. Uh, you said me that you're not gonna share this photo. I told him that you're right. I understand you, but I want you to understand me. E-commerce are not so easy in this time. Costs are getting higher. Sometimes I'm thinking that, is this thing is still my passion? Sometimes I'm feeling tired. Sometimes I'm feeling that, do I need to do another thing? It starts with just taking that leap. Man, you have to work hard. You have to be incredibly smart. Choose something that even if it fails, even if it fails you are going to be proud of it. doesn't matter how badly you got beaten. Be kind, be kind, be kind. Become a better person, a better leader, a better business. Go with your gut. <laughs> I'm Samuel Donner, and this is Finding Founders. You just heard from Ege Tatumku talking about how Candace Swanepoel, a model with over 16.9 million Instagram followers, wore his brand's suede cap. Ege tried to seize his opportunity at all costs, and we'll discover the outcome of that soon enough. Ege created Tatunj, a company that designed a cap that I really haven't taken off since. It's a suede, snug, and like just beautiful cap and I'm really happy that I have one that I finally like and as you heard from Ege I'm not the only one wearing his stuff this clothing brand has been popping up everywhere but before Tatunj could grow into the thriving startup it is today Ege had to learn the basics of growing a business somewhere and he was already standing on fertile ground in Turkey when did you start getting interested in fashion when I started university in Ankara my major is interior architecture And after one and a half years, uh, I think that this thing is not for me. So, so I dropped to university. I want to study visual design. Was that scary for you? Uh, not so much. So yeah, I moved to Istanbul. First week I moved, I went to a store and I bought a t-shirt. When I wear that shirt, all my friends said, oh bro, it's amazing t-shirt. Where did you get At that time, I think that I can do something with the t-shirts. I did some mock-ups and I sent to my friend. 
she has a store in Ankara. She said me that, oh, it looks amazing. Let's print these t-shirts and we can sell it in our store. Wait, so your friend is like, yes, I will help you? Yeah. That's awesome. I'm always appreciated them to because they forced me to start this thing. So I find a printing factory to print my t-shirts. And she said that, okay, let's do these designs. I tried to find a name for my brand for a couple days. In the high school, my friend called me always Tutunj Tutunj. So I think that it's a good name to put a brand. So I bought the domain of tutunj.com and I started. And she's also selling from Ankara in store and I started to sell online in my website. In my dorm room in Istanbul. Wait, so you made a couple shirts with your friend. You get this this website domain. How are you getting the word out of like getting orders? When the tissues are ready, I started to email some famous people in Turkey, in the world. I have a brand, so I want to send you as a gift. What year is this right now? It's 2015. 2015. So this is like the beginning of the Tunj. You're still getting your footing with... Uh, what exactly the brand is going to look like you're sending out to these celebrities. Are you getting any bites or any celebrities saying yeah, anything some back? Yeah, some of them are helped me in that way. Uh, some of them are, yeah, sorry, I can't wear these products. But I always trust my network. When they think that you're hustling, their behavior is like kind like how can I say Yeah, that? kinder. They want to help you. If you are passionate about an idea, people will look at you and see that passion and be like, I want to support that person. I remember an investor in Turkey. He's a really big investor in Turkey. He sell his company for like $600 million. I met him in an entrepreneurship meeting in Istanbul. I always emailing him about what I'm doing. One day I asked him, why you are helping me? And he said to me that you have passion. So you have passion to do some different things. You are getting out from comfort zone and you drop your school in Ankara and you move to Istanbul. And so how did he help you? First, I asked him to, can you invest my brand? Because I'm doing something and my passion is not about in Turkey. I want to do something in the U.S. also. And he told me that, okay, send me your annual reports and statistics. And I sent him on <laughs> and he said me that, uh, I guess, sorry, it's not enough for me to invest a brand like this. Right. So basically you send over these analytics reports. It's like, hey, this is too small. Like, call me back when you're bigger. Yeah. But... In that time, it's so important to not disappoint. I, I didn't disappoint at that time. You weren't disappointed when he said no? Yeah, because so many people declines you in your whole life. And it's forced me, it's pushed me to work harder. So I think that's the key of the entrepreneurship, yeah. In 2016... Uh, when I was in little dorm room in Istanbul, I'm always sending emails to like agencies, brands, like models that can we do a collaboration together. 
because I have only 800 followers on my Instagram and like only my friends know my brand at that time but I am acting like a big brand that's so important though if you don't act bigger than you are and treat yourself more seriously than maybe others would think to treat you you're never going to be bigger than that right you need to treat what you're doing as serious uh to grow yeah there's a famous model called Meredith Mikkelsen she's living in LA and I sent her agent to can we do a collaboration and he sent me an email uh, hello Ege yes we can work wait so he's like yes maybe we'll yeah, talk yeah, yeah. yeah yes we, he said me that yes we can talk at that time I was so excited because she's a famous model and all my friends are following her yeah how many followers did she have I think now she has 3 million followers Ooh, or something okay or yeah. that's more than yeah. 800 yeah, generally, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so after a couple of days I came back to Ankara in the holiday uh, to spend time with my family yeah my English is still not so good but at that time I called my neighbor so can you help me to translate so yeah she came to our apartment and Ryan the manager called me and I told him everything so I'm doing some designs like this we can do something like this he said that okay let's do this I just like I'd like to take a moment to appreciate that you are conducting business deals in a language that you do not know extremely well especially at this time yeah yeah right yeah. like that is badass I think we can all agree that Ege was lucky as hell. I mean, who would believe that his tiny brand with only 800 followers could collaborate with a world-famous model? Really, really lucky. But I'm not a fan of luck, not on its own. I don't believe in luck. Luck, as Seneca puts it, is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. And opportunities are all around us, constantly coming and going. It's those that are prepared that can recognize the opportunity buzzing about and seize it. Even so, sometimes fate shines on the half-prepared. Let's not forget that Ege could only negotiate with his first client, a world-famous one, through his neighbor. Maybe luck was involved, but it wasn't luck that touched Meredith's agent, and it wasn't luck that closed the deal. No, Ege isn't just completely lucky. He was confident, determined, and tenacious when it came to his business. His dedication was essential to take the first step towards success. We started to produce in like... February 2016. And we agreed to start the sale on the March 20. And I prepared the t-shirts in Istanbul and sent to her to LA. And she did some photo shoot with a famous photographer. And like, yeah, as I said, March 20, I called Meredith. I'm publishing the page. And she said, okay, let's publish. She posted the photos about our collaboration. And the orders are coming. They're already coming. They're like coming. How many orders are you getting? I think in in the March of 20, I got 50 or 60 orders in one day. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I prepared the packets on my dorm room and I don't have any space to walk in the dorm room. You can't believe the square feet of my dorm room. It's so small. Because there's so many packages that you're shipping out. Oh my God. Like, when the orders are coming in that week, so I'm preparing all of them and I'm walking every day to the post office and I'm sending to like US, Australia, to so many countries. Yeah, it's a success story, but this is a story that you can do everything in the bad conditions also. You know, like I know that if I 
think that my dorm room is so small. So how can I do something in here? Or my brand is only 800 followers and no one knows my brand. So how can I achieve some good things? Because I always believe in myself. You know, like at that time, I am always telling my friends that one day, like famous Victoria's Secret models and famous models are gonna wear my brand. They always ask how. First, you need to believe in your mind. When you believe in your mind that you can do these things, your mind, your brain is opens a way to do things for you. When Ege swore to his friends that Victoria's Secret models would someday wear his brand, it wasn't so much a promise to them as a promise to himself. And to keep it, he went all in on his collaboration with Meredith. But this was just one step in a long journey towards bigger, better, and bolder plans. Believing that he could take on even greater things than selling t-shirts from his small dorm in Istanbul, Ege took his biggest and boldest step yet, to move his business halfway around the world. I think that if I did this in Istanbul, I can do better things in LA. So I tried to find two ways to coming to LA. <laughs> and one year later, in the next semester, I called my mom and I told her that I don't want to study in this university. First, I told her that I want to freeze for one year. That is so funny. That's what everyone that I know has dropped out has said. It's like, I'm just going to take a break. I'm going to come back. I'm just taking a break for right now. I think that the time is came for me to buy a ticket for Los Angeles. In 2018, October, yeah, I came to LA. Before I came here, I told my friends, I'm going to LA for a reason. Because I have a brand and I need to improve this brand. And if I did this in Turkey, I can do this in LA. So it's so sad because also my close friends, when I was coming to LA, uh, they, they told me that they are not going to be your brand. And I don't have so much money with me, I know, but I'm going to reach out to people. I'm going to reach out some stylists, some agencies, some photographers, some famous models. They always told me that you need so much money for this. So I said to them that, oh yeah, it's okay. You can think like this. So I came to LA. I started to reach out some people, some stylists. There's a famous model. I find her, her stylist office's address from the online. And I waited in the entrance of her office for like four hours. And then she came and she looked at me. I told her that uh, I'm waiting you for like a couple hours. Just give my products to you. I know it can be disturbing, but I just want to reach out to you like yeah, this. Yeah, like maybe it's not the most appropriate thing, but... Maybe she can think that it's not a good thing and it's not professional. Do you think that approach worked? First, she was shocked when I introduced myself that I'm coming from Istanbul. And first, I want to reach out for like your team, but they didn't reply to me. So I, I want to come here. So And then she... She feels that I think I'm not a dangerous guy. <laughs> so she said that, okay, like, let's do a selfie and let's do something together. And uh, she, gave me, she gave me her assistance email. But nothing yeah, but came. Nothing came. Yeah, but, but I tried. There, I think that that's an, like an interesting experience because like, you want this thing so badly that you're going to try anything. There are aggressive ways that you can try to pursue growth and get relationships. 
often those ways are not good ways for establishing rapport that's going to turn into an opportunity. And it seems like that's what you learn from this. Like you tried, but maybe it wasn't the best approach for, uh, you know, professional, like uh, professionalism and, and the longevity of a relationship. But, you know, like I, I can't say that I didn't try it. The American dream, that potential for success in a country promising new prospects and a better life. Ege came to the U.S. for one thing, and he wouldn't leave without achieving it. Which does beg the question, if you have a vision, if you're chasing it, how far are you willing to go? Waiting outside of a stylist office for four hours, on one hand, I think a lot of Americans might squint our eyes at that, maybe think he's crossing a line. But what about in Turkey, where Ege grew up? There are numerous cultural ways Turks and Americans differ. The U.S. is a much more individualistic country than Turkey. For example, Americans tend to be much more self-conscious about our personal space. So you can imagine the shock the stylist felt when she found out how long Ege had been waiting for her. Some of the Finding Founders team listened to this part of the interview and thought it was definitely a faux pas. Other team members thought it made sense for an eager entrepreneur. No matter, most everyone agreed that it was unconventional. But Ege's unconventional tactics did wind up working. I want to get to one of your efforts that did work. And I heard a story about a package being thrown. Uh, could you tell me about that? Yeah, I started these caps in 2018, April, in downtown LA. And I think that I need to send these caps to someone famous. So <laughs> I prepared a package and I found Alessandra Ambrosio's uh, address in LA. You know that she's a famous former Victoria's Secret model. I think she's the most known famous Victoria's Secret model in the world. And instead of giving to USPS, I can go. And I went to her address. When I was got there, first I think that do I need to ring the bell or do I need to just throw the package? So <laughs> after a couple minutes, let's throw the package. The package includes some caps and a note that, hello, Alessandra, I'm an entrepreneur who comes from Istanbul and I'm doing some things in here. If you like, if you help me and if you want to wear these products, I will be appreciated. Something like this. I gave the products to Alessandra in April and after a couple months in August, and I saw a story that Alessandra shared, like she's skating on Santa Monica with my cap. She's wearing your cap. Oh my, what, what was your reaction? I called my father and I called my mother. They're like sleeping and... You're like, well, you'll never guess what yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. And like, it was an amazing feeling. And you're trying so many times every way that anyone can imagine. And finally, this random package that you threw over into this yard four months ago, finally is like, it, it, it's there. It's in the world. People are seeing it. You know, like it was an amazing thing for my social media and for my for my brand campaign. After that time, Alessandra Ambrosio is wearing my caps like more than 30 wow. or 40 I mean, times. And it makes sense because he's a really high quality and, and they look awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. And she's like, sometimes my friends is asking me, how much money did you pay to her agency to wear this product? And you're like, I didn't. <laughs> I'm just wearing, making good yeah. stuff, man. Yeah. And you know, like some of my friends 
still didn't believe that I didn't pay any like money to her or her agency. I think she she understand me maybe and she wants to help me and when she understand that quality is good and you can't compare this feeling with any kind of money. Throwing a package outside of a potential client's house, that's one I haven't really heard before. But it worked. And with this huge breakthrough, with the fires of passion and success reignited, Ege was ready for more. I don't know if Ege thought these tactics were crossing a line, but if they were working, how can you tell where to stop? And why would you stop? There's a, there's a famous model called Candy Swanepoel. I find her address and I prepare a package to her and I send her apartment in New York City. I didn't go there. I sent with an USPS. <laughs> I think one month later, I saw a post on the social media. The photo is from so far. They are in a yacht in Miami, but I can see my cap that, like that she's wearing. It's so far, but I understand from the color. And But it's not enough for me. I think that I need a clear photo with my cap. She tagged all of her friends in that photo and I messaged all of her friends that I am the founder of this brand and she is wearing my cap on your photo and do you have any photo uh, with my brand? Yeah, they didn't respond to me. One guy, he said me that he is a close friend of her and also her personal photographer. He said me that, yeah, maybe I have some photos with your cap when she's wearing I messaged him that, bro, I can pay you how much money you want. Just please send me that photo. And I told him that, bro, I'm an entrepreneur and <laughs> I'm still hustling with so many things. So can you please help me? He wants to send me that photo, but I think he don't want to do it without any money. Our conversation are freezed at that moment. And like after a couple days, I messaged him again. <laughs> And he told me that uh, we are in the Miami beach now and I'm with Candice and she's wearing your cap now. And probably the paparazzis are came today and you can see your caps tomorrow in the daily mail. I told him that, bro, is it possible to send me a personal photo? Like when she's wearing, just take her photo and send me. And... He sent me that photo. He said me that, <laughs> please don't share anywhere. I'm only sending you this photo. Bro, please don't share anywhere. I shared. <laughs> on my social media, on the, on the Instagram, uh, at uh, like my personal account and my brand's account. And after one day, I got a message from him. Uh, you said me that you're not gonna share this photo. I told him that you're right. I understand you. But I want you to understand me. Yeah, I know that the, the thing I did is not true. And I told him that, bro, please understand me. I'm just an entrepreneur. I want to do something. And this is for my dream for a couple years. And please, please understand me. Do you think you would have done anything differently looking back at that? Because like, I, I think that that probably ruins a relationship. Yeah. The thing, the thing I did is not a true thing. And he told me that I understand you, but he said me that, okay, you are a good guy. And I understand that you are hustling. And I talked with Candice. It's not a problem for us. So it ended up working out. And I think something that I've learned that being moral, always being sticking with yeah. truth 
in business is actually going to help you. Not only will you feel better about yourself, but people are going to want to work with you. Making sure that that you preserve that reputation for yourself is going to turn just hustling into like a, a strong personal brand that people are going to want to work with. And so I think that's that's a, a, an important lesson. Yeah. <laughs> There's an old psychology experiment from 1972, the Stanford Marshmallow Experiment. Kids were told if they could wait 15 minutes while the researcher left them alone in a room with a marshmallow, they could get two marshmallows. The experiment is all about delayed gratification. Are you able to put off a reward in the present for greater reward in the future? Let's think of Eggy now. The way I see it, by turning his back on that photographer, Eggy was trading two marshmallows for one and lost an opportunity. Connecting and establishing a relationship with this photographer could have led to a future collaboration and more introductions. But Ege was trying to do anything to get his business off the ground. What's really the difference between one and two marshmallows if you're hungry right now? Social morality may only exist within a baseline level of security. And Ege's drive to make a name for Tatunj, I think it really feels like he was just looking out for himself and not taking care of his network. Where do you think your brand is today? And what are you most excited for, for the future? Uh, sometimes I'm thinking that, is this thing is still my passion? I'm interested in photography. I have a 35mm camera. I, I'm taking photos. You know, like sometimes I'm taking photos and it's like more fun for me. But I'm thinking that this brand is my still main passion. But the e-commerce are not so easy in this time. I'm trying to do some things and the costs are getting higher. The social media algorithm is like, for example, Instagram algorithm five years ago is really good. Now it's not so good because in Turkey also, there's so many brands are doing the same things with me. So it's still my main passion. I want to do some good things with my brand, but sometimes I'm feeling tired. Like sometimes I'm feeling that do I need to do another thing beside of this brand? For now, my main passion is doing some more quality products with like different designs, like more colorful caps with different designs. And my main goal is, for example, like I want to sell my products in Urban Outfitters. If you are only selling your products from your website, it's not so easy to yeah, like get traffic so I need to do some better things with extraordinary designs, I think. No one thinks like you. Sometimes you're feeling that I'm trying to do something different compared with the other brands. But yes, I'm doing some different things and I'm doing extraordinary designs. But I put so much effort to this. But also my friends are telling me that you put so much effort, you need to earn much more money than you earn. Yeah, because like, you know, you're, you're, you're working around the clock. If, you're, if you were working anywhere else, you would probably be making like double overtime. But here you are like slaving away. And is it working? Sometimes, sometimes not. But you still have that dream. Sometimes I'm talking with my friend. We are also doing some business with him, like different industries. But when something bad happens in, the, in our business life, and he's telling me that, why are laughing? Like he's he's getting angry. What what we are gonna do? Like for example, we bought some products from Turkey, 
and it didn't sell. The products didn't sell. <laughs> so he's like, bro, what we're gonna do? It's it's so bad. So he paid so much money to this, and I'm like, I'm laughing, and he's telling me that why you're laughing because because I'm an entrepreneur, and for like more than five years, six years, I used to do these things. You need to be resilient. Yeah. It can be good. It can be bad. So entrepreneurship is a a way with paths. It's not a straight line. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not a straight so line. You you meander around. There's a lot of twists and turns, and that's what makes it exciting. But it's also what makes it really hard. And I think the thing about starting your own project is maybe it doesn't work as well as you wanted it to, but you're learning, and that that process, those learnings, are always going to be valuable. And you can always use those, so it, it's it's never wasted time. Eggy's path to success wasn't a straight line. I imagine that when he first decided to start to tune back in university, he had no clue how difficult or meandering the path would be. I mean, he chose a career that no one understood. He dropped out of school. He moved to a different continent with no local contacts, family, or friends. Even when few people knew what he was planning, Eggy was certain he wanted this path. Slowly but surely, through trial and error, he learned what worked for him and his brand. And this trial and error, it's a product of him trying to think differently. As Eggy says, no one thinks like you. That can be isolating, but it's also an indicator that you will be different. If you act like everyone around you, you will become like everyone around you. If you want an extraordinary life, start acting extraordinarily. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast five stars, and share with a friend. If you have any questions or comments, DM us at Finding Founders Podcast on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook. Finding Founders is produced and hosted by me, Samuel Donner. Our chief of staff and operations is Jessica Lynn. Our audio editing team lead is Adrian Tapia. Support from Irene Van Berkel, Matt Fernandez, Navy Cannon, Sophia Donner, Maura Lynch, Zoe Maddox, Ashley Jimenez, Michael Chung, Nicholas Guzman, Aaron Devereaux, Sanessa Gisley, and Lois Choi. Our outreach and research lead is Kenny Ong, with support from. Sarah Hobson, Melody Sopani, Cherise Tan, Jake Wiley, Ibada Thrive, and Mecca Shelton. Our writing team lead is Elizabeth Bowen with support from Abigail Azardia, Elise Caldwell, Jake Wiley, Jordan Ortiz, and Sanessa Gisley. Our design team lead is Shruti Ramanand with support from Sohail Amatya, Tiffany Dang, Jonathan Wass, and Diana Marie Kandaza. To see more of what we're up to, subscribe to our newsletter at findingfounders.co. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.